This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Steel mogul and renowned philanthropist Eric Sampson passed away earlier this week. Sampson's business career spanned six decades and he built his company Max Steel into one of the largest privately owned companies in South Africa. Sampson was also famed for his extraordinary philanthropy. Yet he was extremely humble, eschewed the limelight and seldom granted interviews. I'm therefore really delighted to be able to speak now to Philip Kravitz, founder and chairman of Cape Union Mark, to tell me about this giant of a man. Philip, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Cherise. Delighted to be with you. Well, you... When, when you speak of a giant of a man, this is a giant with a capital G. You and um, Eric had a long association. Where did you meet? Well, we met at the best place. We met at one of the areas where, again, his philanthropy was changing the face of the entity. And that was actually at a Hertzlia school function in Cape Town. He had just relocated to Cape Town. And, of course, the first thing that Eric did before he did anything else was he would give before even intending to establish himself. He would show his open-heartedness. He would show how he wanted to be involved in everything going on. What was your uh, – you obviously a businessman yourself, Philip. We're going to speak a little bit about his philanthropy. He had a – he was – huge-hearted. He, he contributed to South Africa's um, philanthropy. What was he like as a person? You know, I'm so glad you asked that question because that, I think, is the real essence. So much has been written of what a giant he was in the world of commerce, what a giant he was in terms of philanthropy. But he was also just a giant as a human being. And I think what, what defined Eric was how down-to-earth, how humble he always was, how charming he was. There was never any showiness. There was never any uh, boastfulness in any way at all. And um, I, I think one of the characteristics which really for me defined the kind of person he was, was the fact that everything he did, both in the business world and the world of philanthropy, he always attributed a huge share to his beloved wife, Sheila. There was never an occasion that Sheila wasn't involved. If I wanted to chat to him about something, hold on, let me see if Sheila's available. And, of course, later than that, he included his children and everything. So he was a total family man. Um, you know, I was uh, chairing a function, another function at Hertzlia, where he'd just made a huge donation, which was really going to change the face of the school. And here was this great man with everybody really fawning around him thanks to his aura of generosity and kindness. And where was he? He was busy with his grandchildren who were at the school who had run up to come and give him a hug. And that was Eric. He was the grandfather. He was the father. He adored his children. He adored his grandchildren. And he was forever totally in love with his wife. Um, that, I think, is really what is important as, as I got to know Eric. Uh, Michelle and I were very privileged to become friends of Eric and Sheila. And we spent some wonderful hours together. And whether we were going out for dinner together, whether I was joining him on his beautiful plane or sailing on his yacht in the States or visiting him at his home in Newport, wherever you were, you always felt here was Eric, just another human being. That's what made him so special. Philip, he was extremely, shy. I'm guessing, he was also shy. And I, I base it on the fact that he didn't really grant interviews. He shooed the limelight. Was it humbleness? Was it shyness? 
And let me say, I think he was a person who believed in talk little, do much. And he never really wanted all the accolades foisted upon him. Um, he just felt he was doing something that was right. You know, perhaps the apocryphal story um, about one of the Rothschilds fits Eric perfectly. The story is told about one of the kings who called on one of the Rothschilds and said, Mr. Rothschild, what are you worth? Rothschild was taken aback. He said, oh, your majesty, you know, I, I really haven't thought about it that much. He said, come on, Mr. Rothschild. Seriously, what are you worth? He said, I don't know, your majesty. I suppose a couple of million dollars. King was very angry. He turned around. He said, come on, Mr. Rothschild. Your wealth extends to billions and billions of dollars. How can you tell me you're only worth a few million dollars? He said, your majesty, you never asked me my wealth. You asked me my worth. The few million dollars is what, you, what I have given away in the cause of humanity. The rest is just my wealth. And I think that that story fits Eric perfectly. He was not so much interested in the money he made. He was interested in what he could do with it. And he just felt he was doing the right thing. And that's why he, he never sought the limelight. He didn't want to be over-lavished with thanks. He just felt he was doing something great. And um, he, he certainly he was an excellent speaker when he wanted to speak, and uh, he was friendly. But he didn't seek the limelight. He just wanted to do much and say little. He didn't seek the limelight, did his contribution to the South African economy cannot be understated. He started Max Steel. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the business? Well, much has been spoken about the business, this little business which he uh, took over from his father, um, which he soon expanded, expanded internationally, um, focused on a particular area on the service side of the steel industry rather than the pure manufacturer side. And, of course, as we know, he opened operations all over the world uh, and built this phenomenal, phenomenal business. Um, his business was certainly reputed to be the largest unlisted business in South Africa. And um, he grew that business through his own acumen, through his own resources, buying out people along the way, uh, uh, forging partnerships you know, with Israel and with Kurds in South Africa. And, you know, coming from... This little business, this mechanic, as it was then known, which he abbreviated to Mac Steel, um, he built this business in a, in, a, in a unique dimension. He did it through sharing and partnering with people around the world, but he always wanted to have his own final control. He didn't want to be the minority partner. And I think that gave him the ability to take bold decisions and to move forward. Um, you know, I was with him in his office when he'd just come back from visiting one of his sites in Johannesburg. This was only a couple of years ago, and um, he walked in. He said, you know, he says, they tell me I should be retrenching. They tell me I should be cutting back. He said, I've just been there. He says, my people, they love me, and I love them. And that, that was him. I don't think it mattered about the rands in the bank. I think what mattered more was creating jobs for people, giving people security, giving them a lifetime opportunities. That's what I think drove him. I don't think it was ever about the money. And um, his acumen was legendary. And, of course, uh, you know, once he'd procured all these steel uh, entities, he needed to transport the steel and got involved in the shipping field, in which he's built a huge entity, huge, huge, huge entity. But you'll never hear him talk about it. He didn't speak about these things. He was just Eric, the lovable, uh, fun, happy family man 
that so many of us admired, admired in so many senses of the word. Philip, you mentioned at the beginning he gave before he spoke. Perhaps we can talk a little bit about, like in the remaining two minutes, about some of the philanthropy to the Jewish community and to the broader South African society, including his relationship with Nelson Mandela. Well, firstly, I don't think that there is an entity anywhere in South Africa in the Jewish world that didn't benefit from his generosity, whether it was the old age homes, whether it was the schools, whether it was the CSO, every single entity. There's not one that did not benefit uh, from everything that Eric did. But he loved South Africa. He was a passionate South African. And he did his very best to try and change the world from what it was to what it could be, to create opportunity for people. I wonder how many children there are walking around today who might not be walking around had it not been for the generosity when it came to building the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. And note, it wasn't called the Mandela Samson Hospital. It was called the Nelson Mandela Hospital. He never spoke about how much money he was giving. It became well known that every year he would give a million rand on Mandela's birthday to the fund. But he probably funded that close to the tune of a 100 million is also very much a reality. But he, wherever he was in the world, he would contribute. If he was in America, he would contribute to hospitals there. Huge amounts. In Israel, wherever you go, hospitals built there. Uh, he loved history. He loved the story of the state of Israel. Ensured that the whole uh, ho- house where the independence took place, uh, Independence Hall, that that was renovated and that was built. So he just made contributions in every sphere. But at the end of it, he was just Eric the gentleman, Eric the friend, Eric the husband, Eric the father, Eric the grandfather. That is how I shall always remember him. Uh, Philip, he was also awarded an honorary life world campaign chair of Karen Hayasot. He was a Zionist at heart? He was a passionate Zionist at heart. He was absolutely passionate. And Eric often spoke about the fact of how important Israel was in the hearts and minds of every Jew around the world. Wherever we chose to live, Israel would always be our spiritual home. And he also recognized that Israel was the one place that no Jew would ever be turned away from, that this was the place that they would never, would ensure there would never be another Jewish refugee with no place in the world to go. And that's what he did so magnificently. He built up the state of Israel. And he focused on areas down in the south where not the rich lived, but the, the, the main broad body of Israelis lived and facing all sorts of challenges across the borders. And he wanted them to be safe. The wing that he built at one of the great hospitals was designed so that the, the uh, mortars would fall off the roof and wouldn't damage the, the people inside. And it was his just care for everybody that was where that was amazing. But certainly he's one of Israel's greatest sons. And I say that in every sense of the word. Uh, the president of Israel has just reached out to the family. The prime minister made a personal call to Sheila. Uh, that is the esteem in which he was held. And in Karen Hayasod, which is his beloved entity, um, he was revered almost as a superhuman being. And uh, I sat next to him at one of the top, top donor functions, where despite all the greatest and most wealthy and powerful from around the world, Eric's generosity exceeded all of theirs. And he did it in such a low-key way because he was so proud to be supporting a cause that he believed in and a state that he loved so much. 
Thank you so much for joining me and paying tribute to Eric Sampson. Um, it's, it's, it must be only a privilege to have known a man like him. Uh, that was Philip Kravitz, founder and chairman of Cape Union Mart, and also somebody who had a long association with Eric Sampson. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Cherise. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.